Hello there, and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the writer's room podcast dedicated to fixing the Star Wars sequels. This week is part two of Fixing the Force Awakens, and we'll be covering Act 2A of our beat sheets up until the midpoint. If none of that makes sense to you, fear not, I'll explain in a moment, but for now, I'm Bryce Quinn, and I'm joined by my writing co-pilot, Carmelo Keating. Hey, Bryce. How you doing? I'm going pretty good. I'm excited. How are you, yeah. how are you feeling? Not good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not good? No, no, no. Nah. Not good. Um, <laughs> no, I suppose, like, I, I don't know where I'm going to finish at this point. Yeah. If, if we're going up big, to the midpoint. I actually mark. don't know where it is. This sounds awful. <laughs> it's in there. Trust me, it's, it's in, in there. Somewhere. It's I'm in sure somewhere. it's in there. I just haven't analyzed my own work enough to be like, yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm right. also joined by our ferocious whipmaster, Sandra Carrion. Howdy. <laughs> How are we going? Last week, we presented you with our beat sheets of Act 1 of The Force Awakens. This week is Act 2A, the second quarter of the film, which covers the fun and game segment and ends with the midpoint. Our characters are in a brand new world and have stepped through the threshold from which there is no return. In this part of the story, they explore that new world until the midpoint, which brings with it a radical shift that changes the story and reveals its true nature. So there's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of wishy-washy uh, structure talk. So I was the first thing I want to do is talk about some structure in other movies so yeah. we can get an idea of it. Cool. We didn't do that last week. We probably should have. No, that sounds good. I'd like to uh, amend my previous statement. I do know where my midpoint is. I'm, okay. I'm a silly bastard. Okay, cool. Let's keep going. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so I just wanted to quickly talk about um, some movies that like a bunch of people have seen. If you're not super familiar with like talking about structure and analyzing structure, because we've broken it down into Act 2A and then next week will be Act 2B and followed by Act 3. Usually when it's talked about, it's like those are the 25% marks of each film. So for Jurassic Park, for instance, when they go through the gates of the park itself, that begins the fun and games section of the story. And that's from that's Save the, the Cat. The first act turning point. Yeah. And so they get into the park, they meet, they see the dinosaurs for the first time. After that, they can never go back to the world before because they've seen dinosaurs that change their lives. And they're going through the park. The pinch point, the, the first point of like, oh, shit's going wrong is when the storm comes in and mm. it's like, oh, we've got to get everyone back. The midpoint is when the T-Rex attacks. Yep. And that changes the whole story. It's a false defeat slash false victory, which is a term that's also used in uh, Save the Cat, I think. It's like, oh no, something's gone really wrong, but it's not, not everything's not over yet, even though we might feel like it is. Yeah. And so that changes the whole course of the story and it reveals what the actual story is about, which is the, 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 the dinosaurs have escaped yep. and we've got to get away from the dinosaurs. Yeah. I rewatched Jurassic Park the other day. You did. That's yeah. what was on my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I hadn't seen it in ages. Great example. But yeah. after, you know, when you don't watch a movie for a while, you come back and and... and the concept of time is a little bit different. And I was, I think, as I said to you when I was watching, I was like, wow, this doesn't happen until really late in the movie. There's no action, really, the until the midpoint. Yeah, until yeah. really late in the movie. Yeah. yeah. That's the midpoint, um, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Wild. Also, I completely misconstrued in my mind how the whole disaster happened. The storm was just a cover for Nedry to do his dodgy mm. shit. Yes. It was all him. Yes. I knew he was the villain, but I forgot why. Um. So another one's Harry Potter. So the... You know, the inciting incident, Hagrid says, like, you're a wizard, Harry. Yep. But then when he actually steps into Diagon Alley, that's the really beginning of Act 2A. Yep. And that is the fun and games all the way up until the midpoint, which I believe is the troll attacking in the dungeon. And, like, learning learning all the spells, that's uh, fun and games, like, for sure. Because you're, yep. you're becoming a wizard and learning all the spells and stuff. Would it be midpoint? I'm trying to think. Is it maybe more? It maybe something more to, so to do with, like, Voldemort? Or like some revelation there. Uh, I can definitely see the troll thing because that's like when the trio come together as actually friends. Didn't check that one. No, so. that's fine. Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> and like as you described before, like the what was it? The pinch. Uh pinch point is like where the the idea of the villain kind of reinserts itself into the story. So when you see like it cuts the way to Darth Vader on the Death Star, it's yeah. like oh pinch point, right. like bad stuff. So is that sort of like the Quidditch game? Uh, potentially. Yes, actually, that's a really good point because that's still within the fun and game section. Mm. But oh, remember, there's uh you know, Voldemort's here influencing the story kind of thing. Yeah. So that's kind of what a pinch point looks like. So this is, yeah, that's that's kind of what the structure is when we're talking about movies. And then you get to halfway through the movie and something big usually happens right at the midpoint. And the Daniels talked about this for Everything Everywhere All at Once. You reveal the truth of the story. Like, what's the story actually about here? Mm. And for them, it was when, um, I can't remember the mom's name, Michelle Yeoh's character yeah. in Everything Everywhere. She decides, I've got to go save Joy by becoming like one with the multiverse almost and, and doing crazy shit and embracing the truth of the story and the theme and blowing her mind into a million pieces. Yep. And that reveals what the actual story is really about. Um, so yeah, that's cool stuff. And that's what we're going to be inspired by when we're doing our beat sheet stuff today. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Long enough of a rant. Shall we get no, into good. it? That's good. Yeah. No. Uh, any sort of like brief recap stuff or just go watch last week's I episode? brief recap couldn't hurt. Maybe just the moment before. Oh, okay, yeah, like what yeah, led yeah. right up to this, yeah. Well, my break into Act 2 was just like some tie-in scenes, nothing too extravagant. It was Luke flying off towards Hosnian Prime uh, and Ray and Ben flying off towards Finn trying to track him down. Okay. And yours? Where I left off, it is 
Ray and Ben have discovered some stuff about the First Order in their base. First Order have evacuated onto a ship. Yeah. And they've just blown up their own yeah, base and the city. Base, yeah. uh, the whole city there. Yeah. Awesome. I'll go first again. Yeah. yeah. Fun and games. Here we go. Fun and games begin. So, following... Oh, there's a beat one. Following Maz Kanata's lead, the suspicious movements of one of the galaxy's most dangerous bounty hunters. I wrote bouncer hunters here. Whoops. Yo. <laughs> bouncer hunters. Um, ben and Ray journey together through hyperspace. That is the first beat because it's it's the beginning of Fun and Games. These two characters meeting each other and talking to each other. Yeah, first right. time. So I'm imagining Ben flying the X-Wing and Ray flying whatever her ship looks like. That's up to the design team later on. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not doing that. Design team? Yeah, please? no, Melly, yeah. I don't. Her ship needs to be big enough to... It's sort of like I'm imagining almost like a Razor Crest kind of thing because it like has to hold prisoners. Not that big in the sense of what it can do. It oh, flies okay. places and it holds prisoners. Okay. That's, what, that's the capability. What sort of very generic uh, letter of the alphabet shape would you like? Uh, generic letter of the Z alphabet wing. shape. I would want an M. An M? M? Wing. I can make an <gasps> M happen. You know what would be cool? Like um, Q wing. Q for Quinn? Quinn? Quinn wing. No, Quinn wing. <laughs> it's like Quinjet. Quinjet. Oh my God. If you imagine like a circle, but like the part where the pilot is in is the little. Oh, so the Millennium Falcon without the, the little... two prongs at the front. It's a Millennium Falcon, but it's no, more no, of a it's donut. No, no, it's a spinning, like, it's a spinning circle. <laughs> <laughs> like the circle's hollow in the middle. Sandra, you've <laughs> created something truly heinous here. This yeah. is awful. <laughs> it's like General Grievous is like one ring thing, yeah, 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 but yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, fucking yeah. spaceship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly that. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. That it moves through space with the momentum of the wheel. Yes. Anywho, it's Ray and Ben talking to each other over comms yep. in hyperspace. Uh, that's kind of what I've got in Oh, they're in not mind. together? No. They're not they're the same not. ship. They are together but separate. Nice. Yeah. That's cute. They're different but they're the same. They're different, they're different but, but we're the, the same. same. Beat two. I don't know if there's much to comment on there. Beat two. Ray and Ben jump out of hyperspace and fly down to a quaint little farm planet. There, a pirate ship led by the bounty hunter they're looking for is laying siege to the farm. Despite Ray's protestations, Ben intervenes, and Ray is forced to join him. During the fight, Ben's X-Wing is destroyed, and Ray crash lands her ship near the farm. So yeah, big action scene. Not nice. Ben's X-Wing. Luke's X-Wing. Luke's, that motherfucker. Is, Luke's X-Wing is completely destroyed. This is the first in a long line of Ben failing oh, no. completely. Yes. Oh, no. What yeah. a legacy. We just killed a legacy bastard. ship. I yeah. killed the legacy ship. Oh, well, the legacy character, though. <laughs> but now we've got them on the same ship. Exactly. Right. I'd um, like to... It's nice, but Hasbro would object, and Lego <laughs> would also object. Yeah. Um... You can't that that make Big money off that shit. Toy you company. can't go blowing it up. I'm I'm not shocked at all to hear that Melo's not a fan of this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, you can blow up whatever ships you want. Um, okay. So yeah, we start off in an action scene. They've tracked down this bounty hunter to the planet. It's a farm planet. Yeah. Uh, su- and supposedly Finn is nearby somewhere. Yeah. Okay. And they get into a fight because Ben's like, "Oh, there's pirates attacking this farm. Let's kill yeah, them. Let's be a thing. hero." Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. He goes right yeah. in for the for the kill. Whereas Ray's like, "Let's not jump into that fight. This is the perfect distraction. Let's go down to the planet." Quick little backtrack to beat one yep i am curious what do you imagine their conversation over the comms whilst in hyperspace looking like good question it'd probably be talking about like motivations and stuff ray being very shut off not wanting to open up at all and then mm. maybe being sassy like his both of his parents and trying to sarcastically win her over with charm would be my guess right right so ben's really instigating that conversation ben wants to be like a heroic adventurer just like his parents so he's right. instigating the conversation gotcha. he's trying to like get to know this person a little bit better like who am i traveling with the parallels are remarkable as we'll later find out how so between my trip your treatment and my treatment yeah brilliant in terms of like where we're starting yeah, it just works anyway. But yeah, so yeah, that's kind of how I imagine that conversation and Ray being very closed off here, not wanting to be friends. Um, yeah, nice. but maybe you're starting to see like just the glimmer of you know maybe maybe she can have fun too. So yeah, they have that fight. Ray crash lands and Ben falls out of his ship. I'm imagining potentially this is a bit rowdy, but maybe like an Ahsoka kind of like he's falling through the sky, she has to catch him kind of thing. Potentially, I don't know. <laughs> um, because I need I want the ship I want the X wing to be destroyed. But anyway. That's the important mm, part. Right, yeah. Beat three. Luke arrives on Hosnian Prime and reunites with Leia and Lando. They catch each other up on everything that's happened, and Luke has an idea. They should invite Hux out to dinner. Interesting. Yeah. This is Luke's idea. This is Luke's idea. We're going to wine and dine um, him. going to wine and dine him, yeah. Yeah. And Leia's keen on debating him and yeah. winning and destroying him in the debate, whereas Luke, I think, is aiming for more di- the diplomacy. And correct me if I'm wrong, it, just at the very end of your act one, yeah. Hux was pushing for... Have weapons? The one scene we see of Hux uh, is him debating against Leia. And, oh, they're arguing in the Senate. It's a big, it's an emergency Senate hearing to discuss the, 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 the problem of this newly used weapon. And Leia calls for a formal debate. Yes. And you know, is able to kick that further down along the plot line. Yeah. So Luke rocks up on Hosnian Prime and is like, 
We should chat to this guy. We should go and chat to this guy one on one. Let me get in the same room with him and talk to him. I'm a really good diplomat. Like I'm really good at at, at diplomacy. Sounds actually. like a threat. Sounds like he's gonna kill. Him. <laughs> Let me get into this room and like talk to him. You know? Yeah, I was. I just want to learn. I just want to talk know, to him. I you know, I was just you know, it was just a nice chat that I had with the emperor on the yeah. second Death Star. <laughs> Beat four. Back on Phasma's ship, the warlord is traveling through hyperspace. She receives a call from the leader of the so-called New Empire who attempts to restart negotiations. Phasma lies and says that she would be thrilled to and that she is already on her way. After the call, Phasma checks in on the bounty hunter situation and is assured that FN-2187 will soon be captured. So yeah, it's kind of just like a check-in, very much Darth Vader style, like, oh, I'm evil, I'm doing my evil plans. Yep. Very much kind of that scene. But she gets a call from... The leader of the new empire. So this is like a new character introduction here. Uh, potentially someone like... Um, who's that fucking Allegiant General Pride? Yeah. That is, yeah. Yeah. From... We want Richard E. Grant in here? I'd love Richard E. Grant. He's great. Cool. <laughs> uh, someone like that, I'm imagining. Like a leader of a different imperial faction that is yeah. probably the largest imperial cool. faction. Yeah. If we've got the opportunity... Let's let the mind wander. Now, who could we cast? Well, there's Richard E. Grant or the the guy from The Last Jedi uh, at the very start who dies straight away. I can't remember who he is, but he was awesome. Some other, like, you know, know, they they just picked their... Ryan and and JJ were just like, you know, this famous stage actor who I love. Yeah. Let's put them in. Exactly. But has Bill Nye been in Star Wars? No, he has not. wow. And he is charismatic as shit. I tell you what, for reasons that will make sense later, Bill Nye would be perfect. (laughs) Okay, I can't wait. So... Don't kill this character off. If you're casting Bill Knight, I'm sorry. He is in the entire nah, trilogy. He's going to cost way too much. You've got to kill he's him off. You Bill have Knight. to kill him off. Yeah, absolutely. He's only Oscar nominated. So, beat five. Ray and Ben awaken, uh, after being knocked unconscious, to the sight of angry farmers and FN2187, who is leading them. He has taken Ray and Ben as his prisoners and demands that Ray repair her ship and fly him to the seat of the new empire. Ray and Ben have no choice but to comply. They are, they're tied up. Wow. So, yeah. He doesn't try and fight his way out. Ben, Who, Ray ben, and Ben? Ben, yeah. Oh, for sure, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah. not in that moment. Yeah, thing. cool. What sort of farming are we talking? So, this is, an, this is a new empire farm. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So, it's like a farm planet to supply them with, you know, crops and food and that kind right. of stuff. Damn, what is and like some sort of like out. really regimented, stiff, dull life farm? What does that look like? Good question. This is my least favorite part <laughs> of the beat sheets. <laughs> This is when we get to the the final part. When we've gone through all of our beats and stuff, this is something I really want to return to because I'm super not happy with it. Okay. Right. But uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm imagining right now. How did they get captured exactly? Uh, well, they crashed and were both unconscious. So I imagine they were both dragged out of Ray's ship. Gotcha. Um, and then, you know, tied up and surrounded with guns and stuff. Yeah, yeah right, right. It's a good little, like, always wear a seatbelt campaign. Yeah, exactly. In there. Safety, mm. safety messages and morals all throughout Star Wars. Beat six. Luke and Leia join Hux for dinner, where each party tries to convince the other that their side is right. The dinner is interrupted by an assassin who is trying to kill Hux, sent by Phasma. Luke effortlessly takes down this assassin and discovers that they were sent by Phasma. Now, takes down as in... Oh, they don't. He doesn't. Doesn't kill him. No, doesn't yeah, kill the cool. assassin. Cool, cool, cool. Up until that just point... just cuts his arms off. Okay, so I'm envisioning Shrek 2. Yeah. Yeah. Some Shrek 2 vibes Fuck here. yeah. Okay. <laughs> what I was really... The strongest thing I've got in my head for this is uh, Hux is curious about the Force yeah. and the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, what can you... Like, I've heard you can control minds. And Luke's like, no, that only works on the weak-minded. I would never insult you by doing that. And, mm. and Hux is like, no, try it. I want to see what happens. And then Luke's like, okay. And does like a little like mind trick. And Hux is like, oh, that is marvelous. Like, I was really going to poke myself in the eye or something like that. Um, just something like fun, like a little fun, yeah, like okay. to really, you know, explore Hux's character a bit and get a sense of who he is and, and what he what he believes and how he operates. Yeah, right. So what I'm getting from this is that he's like, he's he's envious. He's, uh, he's a little bit power hungry. Does he like want to be yeah, a Jedi, was, but he obviously uh, can't? Yeah, I was about to pose the question, like what is Hux in your treatment? So far, I really like the idea that Hux is just a misguided person with a deep sense of justice. Yep. He mm. really wants what's best of the galaxy and he's terrified of the idea that people on the Outer Rim have kyber lasers yep. and the, the the threat that that poses to the New Republic. And he doesn't believe Leia when Leia says, if we have one of these lasers, we are evil and we are contributing to mass destruction. Yep. Even if we never fire it, it's still evil to build one. Yeah, right. um, And he's like, that is just a, a really naive point of view because these lasers already exist and they're going to be used. We need a deterrent. And there's an argument for both. You know, I, I really like the idea that both, like you could argue for both easily. And he's not just necessarily an evil guy. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with Hux. Um, he's just misguided. But the assassination attempt is from Phasma because Phasma is not... A sh- like a, a mastermind ge- genius she's a strategic genius yeah. and if she could have assassinated him that would have made it a lot easier for her to win because no one's going to be game enough to build kyber lasers is, is my thinking anyway that's yeah, right. that's how i imagine phasma would be thinking about it even if she doesn't think he would be martyred i don't know 
Sorry if that got complicated. No, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, yeah. Like Phasma being this kind of just warlord. Her solution to everything is kill it or raise it to the ground. So it is. It would be a good little payoff though in terms of testing the mind trick thing because then when they get the bounty hunter, I'm yeah. guessing Luke is just like. Yeah, give Blah, me the tell me, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, that could be cool as well. I really yeah. like that. Meet seven, Ray, Ben, and Finn share a tense but cozy dinner around the campfire. They go to sleep, and Ray and Ben share an unsettling force dream which warns them of the bounty hunter approaching their camp. They wake up just in time to defeat the bounty hunter, but Ben then uses the opportunity to take Finn prisoner and escape the farm. A couple things happening there. Uh, campfire scene. Campfire scene, Love shared it. dream, and they turn the tables on Finn uh, during the night and capture him as their prisoner. Because yep. Ben had no difficulty getting out of his restraints. The thing that was like, right. how about let's just like wait for the right moment, the right yeah, yeah, time, yeah. and this to Ben feels yep. like the right Play moment. Prepared. So they yeah. share a dream, they wake up in their restraints? Uh, yes, but Ben kind of gets out instantly. Yeah, right. And it's just just Finn was the person who tied them up? No, again, the, all the, the other farmers and stuff with their rudimentary laser guns. Yeah, gotcha. It's gotcha. defending the farm and stuff. They got his saber. Um, take saber off him. I assume so. Yeah, force grab. Yeah. Grabs the saber. Easy as. Yeah, um, love yeah, it. Nice. So, yeah, fun scene there. And then they, they take Finn prisoner and escape with him and fly off. And th- at this point, Finn's like, I just, just drop me off at the new empire. Just take me to that planet, please. Yeah. As this unlikely trio enters the atmosphere, they see Phasma's ship fire on the new empire, destroying the city entirely. Finn is horrified, and for the first time, Ray is on Ben's side. Phasma needs to go down. So that's the midpoint. That's the kind of big uh, false, false defeat where it's like, holy shit, like if we had acted faster, maybe we could have stopped Phasma from doing this as well. Even yeah. though it is like the seat of the new empire, it's still, you know. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people just died. So that is the end of my beat sheet. I did eight beats for this one. It was remarkably short. This, I think, is the part of my beat sheet that needs the most work. I've got a lot more for this is your, like, the rest of the story. This is like the character growth section, you know? Exactly. So like, and I've gone know. light on that. Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> it, you know, there's opportunities. But yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was fun. There were games. <laughs> you get the action scene, you get the campfire with Finn, you know, yeah, there's fun and there is also games. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking broke Mellow. I, I, wasn't ex- I wasn't intending on that being that funny, but... It's not. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't even that funny. I'm glad. It was just like, I'm, just, I'm glad you said I was going to say something afterwards, Brain but just I forgot, so I'm glad you started laughing. Oh, sad. No, um, when, when I think of, like, fun and games, it's easy to... Like, what are the fun and games when... We get to Return of the Jedi. Uh, see, it's trickier. Don't, don't with, use Return of the Jedi. It's trickier with sequels because yeah. in Return of the Jedi we start with fun and games. Like, yeah, yeah, we start with them on a completely different quest, on a completely different story, and they wrap it up within the first act, and they move on to the yeah. rest of the story. Almost unrelated yeah. to the Return of the Jedi. Star Wars at its most, yeah. where it's that episodic matinee thing where you stop watching after the Jabba the Hutt sequence. Yeah. That's episode. That's that episode, that's and then you then yeah. you come back in and you start watching the exactly. next episode. If we were to talk about Star Wars stuff in a New Hope, I think is a better example. Yeah, like Trash Compactor. Um, it's yeah, it's Trash Compactor. It's their first time getting to the Death Star and and doing all of that and exploring around and having that really fun fun time there. And then I think the midpoint. I don't actually remember where the midpoint. There's a couple. I think that I've seen a couple different. Is it interpretations when they, when they rescue Leia? Maybe because things start to go downhill from from there, you know. Then, yeah. it, then it's tension. Then it's Obi Wan dies. Yeah. Then, you know. Like, mm. And honestly, the midpoint might even be earlier, where the Death Star is used. I don't know how early that comes in the film. That's true. They're still on the Falcon yeah. track. It depends it, on like what's it, in the dead center let's, of let's, the film. No, <laughs> not even because like the mid, you know, midpoints like. It's not also a timing thing. It's yeah, more, that's true. That's yeah. true. That's true. Um, I reckon so. It's either where they just they get on the Death Star, yeah, or they find Leia. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I, that's when the I key was, objective I read an analysis of her. A New Hope, and the person writing it was like, "It's hard to tell sometimes because the film is so full of fun and games throughout the entire runtime. Mm. So the Dianoga in the trash compactor scene that is, it yeah. feels like fun and games, even though that is in Act Two B, where the enemies are closing yeah. in." I mean, um, literally, like, the trash compactor is closing in around them, so. Say what you will about the film. I think we can use Phantom Menace as an example. I'd say it's when he wins the pod race, because then, yeah. then things start to ch- really, yeah. really yeah. change from there. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Getting yeah. away from more. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because then it's like, exactly. you're going to come away with me. Instantly in danger. You want to yeah. become a Jedi? Instantly almost gets run down. What a what a wise choice. If I was Anakin, turn heel, fucking run back the other way, go home. I give yeah. up. This is okay. immediately not a good idea. <laughs> But yeah, so that's um yeah no that's yeah, cool. really fun. Cool, cool, cool. I'm trying to think of points to have other than like I wish I wish there was more fun in games. Yeah. Um, but like where where do we sort of call the line on like what is too much fun in games? So the way I was trying to think of it is like there should be two acts 
ish within this broader act. So there should be the first one, which is Ray and Ben get to the fight and they win the fight, but also lose and fall and crash land. The next act for them is meeting Finn, having the campfire scene, getting attacked by an, by the bounty hunter, and then making their way up into the atmosphere, into into, the, into space. Because that feels so short, you got to remember we're also cutting back to Leia and Luke, and we're yeah. also doing their story, and we're also cutting to Phasma and and Han in prison mm. as well. So. And we're sort of getting like some fun, uh, sort of like fun and games with um Luke. So the Luke scene with the assassin, I wanted to introduce like a little point of action there so that we were getting some fun and games. And it also was like an interesting thing to see Leia and Luke talk to Hux and have that conversation. Mm. And Hux really see a Jedi for the first time and really think like, is this who I want defending the galaxy or do I want my own laser? Yeah. And you have that kind of that interplay there. So I see what you mean with like wanting more fun and games, but I was hesitant to put anything more in just yeah. because it's like, you know. No, that's so fair. I've got some different stuff for us. Let's jump into Mellows. I've got some guns and fame. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so so First Order is just fire the Death Star on what was their own, like, yeah, base and, and city. Evacuate their base. Wow. And then, yeah. But Ray and Ben are also in, already in Ray's ship in space. Mm -hmm. So it's immediately, okay, we've got them on the radar. Go, go, go. Get after them. And so we have that sort of bit, kind of like in the original Force Awakens, where you've got uh, Finn and Poe trying to evade, except they will actually send out fighters in this instance. Yeah, because that was dumb not to do that. Uh, we <laughs> get to see in Force Awakens. They just they shot just at him with lasers. Shoot at it. Oh, oh distance. Really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, they don't. Yeah. yeah. In the defense of the movie, yeah, I do believe they destroyed the hangar on the way out. Didn't that was they? just the one hangar. Oh, multiple. You know, okay, like okay, there's okay. more than yeah. Anyway, yeah. They sent heat-seeking missiles. That they was did. a cool addition. You know, heat-seeking I mean, missiles. Yeah, because they well they had him in Clone Wars. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, They're okay. in Attack um, of the Clones. But we've never seen it in the movies before. Oh, Attack of the Clones? Yeah, I think Django's ship, like Jack, that, right. that space fight, that space uh, fight's yeah. still like probably maybe one of the best dog fights in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. And it's just one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, now I'm just <sighs> pen fanboy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll stop. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay, so, 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 yeah, Ben takes the reins on the ship, and, you know, Ray's like, my fucking ship. He's like, yeah, um, get yeah, out of here. You yeah. Know, yeah. So we finally get to see Ben, who should be the ultimate pilot, yeah. you know, son of Han. Spreads his wings. Nephew of Luke. Spreads his wings and flies himself. Genetically, yeah. yeah modified. Predetermined yeah. to yeah. be able to fly like pilot really well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, they do get hit because there's, you know, there's the stakes. These are threatening sort of odds. They jump to hyperspace just to the nearest system. We cut to inside uh, the First Order ship. You see Phasma again. Phasma dispatches squadrons just to the nearest systems they can't have gotten far. Go. Find them. Get yeah, right. So their ship's damaged, can't go through hyperspace. No. Yeah, yeah. No, no, so that you, who? Rain and... No, they can jump to hyperspace, but they're still, they've taken some hits. We just don't know yet to what extent. So, right. So, you gotcha. know. Okay. Um, okay. So we're going to go to Luke and Leia. Sorry, just before you move on, Sorry, yeah. why does Phasma want the ship? Why does she want what if I'm that one? Survi yeah. Survivors. Because remember, they, they're like... they're like Oh, like no witnesses? Kind no of witnesses. Yeah, oh, they, okay. they you know, destroyed this entire planet. This is their first time using their Death Star tech. No one can know yet that gotcha. they've got Death Star tech. Yep. Oh, any other questions? That's the first beat. That was my only uh, question. Not... Like, why does Phasma care? Yeah. I, I guess my question is maybe like a further elaboration on why does Phasma care when like her ship shot at a... Like, it's still like a city, yeah? Yeah, sitting here. But like, are they, they're not like other parts of this is a very barren planet we'll oh, say okay. this is this is this is this is like <laughs> yeah like we were given to understand Tatooine was mm. um not barren in that sense we'll make it visually interesting something different but yeah the single okay. city planet we'll, we'll call it yeah right gotcha um, okay luke gets on a call with han and leia ben's run away he's now discovered that mm -hmm. you know because this whole time ben's gone off and done things uh leia reveals that she put out a uh, put a call out for information on the first order Based on the conversation that the three of them have, they reason that Ben must have gone after them. He must have, you know, rejected Luke's Luke's orders to, you know, stay put. They have their own uh, duty. This time, neither Luke nor Han can refuse the call, and they, so they determine they're going to have to go after Ben. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, short little one, but there's, yeah, B2. So they're going to ignore the orders of the New Republic and go after him? This time they go on Rogue. And this cool. time Luke's going Rogue to his own lessons. It's not about the First Order, it's about Ben. We've got to bring him back. Yeah. Anyway, Ben and Ray, uh, they argue a bit in hyperspace uh, about, you know, what's happening right now. She's stuck with this guy and things that just seem to be going from, from bad to worse and she hasn't got all the information she needs. How is she going to collect the bounty? Ray's afraid of Ben. She doesn't explicitly say this, but it kind of informs a lot of her attitudes and decision-making. Okay. They reveal to each other a bit more about their motives. Ben's, as a Jedi, he wants to do what he seems is right. He wants to take down the First Order, be the hero. Ray is just trying to set herself up for the better life. You know, This is not something that the two of them have exchanged yet. But either way, they both still want to go after the First Order. They reach an understanding. For now, they are better off working together. They arrive above Takodana, a jungle planet. 
a key amendment I did make. Uh, last time I said that the informant that Ray had to go to was on Takodana. That didn't make sense. It's Hosnian Prime. She has to go to Hosnian Prime. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Coming out of hyperspace, the damage to the ship is a bit more evident. Shields are weaker and they have no means of communication. As they head towards what looks like a settlement, a first order ship enters the area. They're very quick on it. Uh, they chase towards the planet. This atmosphere is very dense, difficult to navigate, and both ships do end up crashing. Ram Benz is down beyond repair. So following smoke, they decide to try and find the first order one. Maybe there's another chance of another ship, you know, using that ship if they can fight their way out. A fight ensues as they approach the area and they are elite fighters. Ben takes on most of them whilst Ray just goes one-on-one with a single trooper. A bit more of her seemingly superhuman agility does reveal itself in this fight. But Force speed. She does like a super backflip and Ben's like, whoa. Just some, <laughs> some subtle enough things. He's, he's yeah. quite tied up, quite distracted. Uh, ben taps into some real deep aggression. Fucking goes ham on these troops. It's, it's very oh, yeah. different from the way we saw him defending people earlier in the film. Anyway, the, the trooper ends up with uh, being the only person left. Uh, he has Ray by a knife's edge, sort of like the you know, knife around the throat sort of thing. Tells Ben to surrender. Ben very simply uses the force to disarm this trooper. So they decide they'll keep him alive should they need some sort of hostage further run-ins with the First Order. This ship can also not fly. They can't get a signal out because of this forest. It's far too dense. That settlement that they were looking at can't have been far, so they figure we're going to have to go by foot. Anyway, there's that beat. Your beats are very long. My beats are long. <laughs> My beats are beat heading and then elaborate on the events. But that one was lots yeah. of action heavy, so I needed to detail that. But there's yeah. my there's some fun. There's some games. Yeah, no, I've kind of lost you there, my friend. Um, oh, yeah? So they go down to the planet. They're yep. chased by the First Order, who have found them after jumping through hyperspace. Yeah. Um, and without a tracker? Yeah. No, okay. just because Phasma said... Sent out multiple squadrons. Go to so. go to a bunch of galaxies. And go to, try, okay. go to a bunch of nearby planets. And they yeah. crash land on the planet. Yep. And they're trying to walk to the first order ship that has chased them there and has landed looking for them. And they're like, "I'm going to steal the ship." Yep. Okay. Got it. Yep. Um. And that's that's everything that just happened there. Yeah. It's trying to follow. It's like, whoa, <laughs> there's a lot of action there. Sandra. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So before when you specified Phasma sent the ships out. Yep. It wasn't like nearby planet. Oh. I assume also nearby planets in that system, but she also sent ships out to other systems, and one of those ships is the one that crash lands. Got you. Okay. Or just like lands, the sh- the troopers drop out of it, looking for Ray and Ben, mm. and Ray and Ben like, let's cut our way through these guys and get the ship. <laughs> yeah, right. She doesn't work out. So worry. Okay. Why didn't that work out? They've also crashed. Oh, they the crashed. first order they also crashed. 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 How did they crash? Dense, dense planet, dense atmosphere. Like, like wait, it's, like, it's too dense. It's too dense. The first <laughs> like the is too dense. Yeah. Or the- like the air, there's fog, there's great mountains and rocks. It's hard to navigate. It's like oh, okay. Dagobah, you know, like Luke. Or oh, like oh, when they're right. flying into that planet uh, in Rogue One and they're coming in and well, like, Barney, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, really like, hard mm. to land there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was just too confused. Tricky. I was like, it's why the fuck did the first order crash? I was so confused. They're shit. Nah. Let's go. They crash. Everyone crashes. Yeah. Crash landing. So they've still got this trooper apprehended and he's, you know, got him in cuffs and whatever. They're arguing, Ben and, and this trooper, of course, differing philosophies and all that. He hates this guy. Mm-hmm. It becomes clear that the trooper does not know a lot about the First Order. He's clearly brainwashed, and he thinks their duty is righteous and good for the galaxy. Fed up with his ignorance, Ben shows the trooper the info they found on the base. The Death Star tech. How is that for the good of anyone? Uh, so, we get to a, f- a bit that I've always wanted. They fight jungle monsters. Oh, nice. And they have to work yes. together to survive. Uh, though Ben objects, Ray cuts the trooper free, who helps fight, and he's not going to run away. He's nice. going to be helpful. Does this trooper have a name? Uh, not yet. Uh, Jeff, no. Uh, ben saves the trooper yeah, from the Jeff. monster. Oh, isn't that nice of him? One of the monsters almost has Ben, but Ray, in a moment of desperation, pushes him out of the way simply by reaching out her hand. <gasps> they finish fighting off the monsters. They set up camp for the night, all quite jovial over to surviving the creatures. You know, good job, everyone. Uh, applause all around. Oh, there's a that, that pause there for the beat. Any questions from the Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I, would, I will just keep talking. They're taking <laughs> Finn... Um, who they've taken capture. Yeah. Why couldn't they take the first order ship? Is it like beyond repair? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and they're like, all right, well, we're going to walk to where exactly? So they, when they were coming into this, the planet initially, I get so much, so much. So the planet is, is dialogue here. The, <laughs> the, the planet is Takadana and they know that there is a space base. There's, there's, a, there's a settlement, it would seem. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's where they're headed. Yeah. Heading okay. To the settlement. It'll be have that way. Them... We're going to track them by foot. We're going to track, you know. And they've just, none of them have any pre-existing knowledge of the settlement. They're no. just like, we saw it. We're going to head there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they, they take Finn with them and they're arguing with Finn because they're like, screw you, man. Is, are the rest of these guys dead? Did they die? Yeah. Ben killed ben them? Ben killed them. Yeah. 
Okay. He's not. How, how's Finn feeling right now? It's super not good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, then, but then Ben saves him from the monster. So it's like, what? Yeah. What's going on? Conflicted. Is, yeah. And so, yeah, they get attacked by a jungle monster and Ben saves Finn from the jungle monster. And Ray saves Ben. Ray Why saves do ben. they keep Finn alive? Why did they keep Finn alive? Small was it? Why, why kill him? But because they killed, the rest, killed the rest of them. They were armed. It was Finn not armed? No, he disarmed him. Yeah, he cut his arms off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, completely cut his arms off. Yeah. We needed one. They're not straight murderers. Yeah. You know? You know? Um, they're gay murderers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like, I was going to do it as well. Like straight murderers, you know? Now I'm a huge fan of this beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just sold, bro. Just wait for the midpoint. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was just getting a little yeah. lost there, man. Yeah. Um, continue on. Now, okay. I'm, now I'm with you. They set up camp for the night. Ray learns a bit about you know they, they talk. Ray learns a bit about the Jedi, and she starts to associate that with some feelings inside of her. Yeah, she's still afraid of it though. Mm-hmm. Finn gets a greater understanding of the Jedi, and whilst he's not convinced they are fully good, obviously because Ben went and carved a bunch of them up, he's impressed by Ben's strength as a fighter and the fact that you know well, he did save him, didn't he? Why did he have to do that? All of them bond over feelings of loneliness. Ray and Ben talk private about Ray using the Force because obviously he saw that it happened. Uh, she doesn't want to talk about it. And Finn overhears, if she's also a Jedi, what trust they've formed is now broken. And he has a mission to do. I think he's, he's potentially lost sight of that, but no more. Anyway, so there's that whole bit. I have a question yeah, mate. about a pr- the previous beat. Yeah. Um, okay. with, sorry, it just came up as you were saying, you moved on to the next beat. About like the jungle fight. Yep. How do you imagine the dynamics of that working? Do you have anything like in mind? Like other than it's a jungle fight, what what are the beasts? They're walking along. Why? And then it's like I, creatures. I'm curious. I'm curious. Like creatures, they get pounced on by a bunch of like creatures working together in a herd, I guess. Yeah. Or in a in a pack. Mm. Pack animals. I'm not gonna say that they're what are those ones from Force Awakens? Rathtars. I'm not gonna say that they're Rath Rathtars if that's what you want to know. No, 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 yeah. no, no. I no, no. I just want to have fun with it. Like I was just wondering if you. I reckon some sort of like. I reckon some sort of jungle cat. Jungle like, cat, like the ones from Avatar. Yeah, fuck yeah. Ah, yeah. They're yeah. Cool. Like you can make the bond with them. Fuck no, <laughs> no. No one's gonna put um, anything inside cat and mix mix with the cat. Know, those are weird animals. No. Sorry yeah. if that's gonna... like cast my mind back to my first treatment that I wrote up for you guys, where I had a mix between crocodiles and octopus. Oh, there's a crocodile oh, octopus. Sorry, I thought Croctopus. you were going somewhere else there. No, that's for later. No, they're sort of the like crab. A ra- Is he going to do the crab again? <laughs> I don't want to say. Sort it. of like a crocodile octopus, right. Kind of vibe is yeah. what I had. Like oh, a crocodile okay. rattar. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Is that's what also I, that's cool. what I mentioned in the first one. I I could see that working in the jungle, but also like jungle cats is cool too. Yeah. What if it was like a crocodile? Uh, now now I'm thinking about crocodile octopus. I just like but crocodile like, in the jungle cool. instead of its Croc-tipus. like snappy. It's snappy. What do you call it? Like you mean a snout? The snout of the crocodile. Yeah, yeah. It's not just like that hinge, but it's like it's four separate. Like like, like Stranger Things. Oh, like Blade Three, where the mouths open up in four different directions. Yeah, I haven't seen Blade Three, but just yes. trust me. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they did three the mouth, Blade movies. They did three Blade. I've movies. seen <laughs> up to the first two. Um, <laughs> You're missing out on Ryan Reynolds in the third Blade. Movie. I know about Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds in the third. What is he? What does he play? He plays a guy who kills vampires. I think. I, I watched it when I was a he kid. He plays Ryan Reynolds. He just has never been able to resist superhero. No, shit, has he, he really hasn't. Yeah, wow. yeah, it hasn't Amazing. worked out for him most of the time. No, no it hasn't. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it splits up into four. So a vampire crocodile from vampire Blade. crocodile, and like they also look like tentacles, kind of like Mind Flayer. Ew, Mind Flayer, snout kind of vibe. How do you feel about that one, Mello? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's not really relevant. No, we can can definitely move on from that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for dragging us back there, Sandra. Yeah, Yeah. no, I think it was a fun time. This was great. So they're farming, what, space wheat in yours, and we've got tentacle-mouthed crocodile octopi cats in mine. Nice. Yes. Yeah, we're going to call that, like, the blob. Okay, spliced? That old ABC (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That one's for the Australians. What a callback. Yeah. Gosh. Take me back to spice, dude. Um, okay, there's only a little bit more before my sort of like kind of midpoint esque sort of thing, but like, but the big revelation there is is that you know like we've seen Ray properly use the Force now. Yeah. So it's yeah out of that one. Uh, they do eventually get to this sediment settlement settlement sediment. They get to rock. the sediment. Yeah, they get to this quote settlement. It's actually an open cut Kyber mine. <gasps> 
full of enslaved beings. Another one? Yeah, another cool. one. Wow, they're everywhere. Man. Yeah. I've seen two so far in my treatment. Yeah. It's bizarre. I had a nickel <laughs> every time. <laughs> every time. I know. <laughs> exactly. They will eventually launch a plan to try and liberate this this group because they're like, no, this is wrong, and mm-hmm. people will go along with it. But no, that's kind of it. There's my, you know. That's the end of in. your Act 2A where they find the... Uh, Kaiba mine. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, right. Okay. I suppose that them finding the Kaiba, Kaiba mine is kind of the pinch. It's kind of like how the core villain reoccurs in the story. I suppose so. But yeah. usually pinch happens halfway halfway through Act 2A. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Interesting. Anyway, really loved the speed running the character motivations in that Captain scene. That was great. Because yeah. Finn goes from, hmm, maybe I respect this Jedi to, hmm, I don't think I trust Rey, though, because she's a Jedi and I have to, <laughs> I have to kill them both. Yeah. Is that, that's where he ends up, right? He's like, I have to kill both of these two? It's, it's kind of just like, it, it wouldn't even be so much like, it's not like you would really see it. It's more That's that my he's, thing as well, because yeah, yeah. it's like, this is all like a lot of internal character motivation. Exactly. Training, mm. And yeah. he's got no one to externalize that to. He's got no one to talk to that no, about. No, no, no. So well, it's, he's just it's, sitting there looking intently at these two people. It's performance, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's mm. we, we see things in the eyes. We see things in the face. Yeah. 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 And are we to gather that he, he's kind of getting a bit chummy with Ray until he... Ini- initially. And then yeah. it's like, yeah. I can't trust anyone, can I? I'm stuck out here in the jungle with mm. two Jedi. Everyone else is dead, and I've got a job to do. Yeah, yeah. It feels like the Stockholm was about to set in. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. It's, it's like, it's and like, then it's he like, saw that he the was, Jedi... He was so close. Yeah. So my, my question for this, it feels really tense at this point. Like, yeah. they've been tracked to this planet. They've been attacked by First Order. They're stranded there. They're walking through with no, like, no knowledge of where they're going to end up, just then a vague idea that there's something they're waiting for them. Yeah. They get to this Kyber mine. Um, from there on, what does the story really look like for you? I don't know what the story is going from. Here. No, I'm just, yeah. I'm just curious, well, like, like to like how it escalates and uh, like what. So they liberate all the people from the Kyber mine you mentioned. Oh no, they're going to try. They're, they're going to try. Yeah, yeah. Well, Finn's got a job to do, doesn't he? So there's this Kyber mine. It's, it's a bit more of an established settlement. This is spoilers for. That's fine. You know, next week he'll call in the first order. Hey, I found them. right. You know, they're, they're and then they're going to get back to the first order ship, and they'll have like a confrontation there of some kind. Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. That's where okay. third act confrontation will happen. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, within the uh, the confines of the first order ship. I guess just for this, it just feels like so much of an escalation that it's it's less of like a build up from Act One into like we've gone from Act One to like Act Three in terms of tension and stakes of like what's happening and, and who we're with. Yeah, as, as opposed to like slowly ramping up the the tension of like who we're meeting. And and like what kind of battles we're getting thrown at because yeah. yeah it's just that's fine though because that's that's normal structure stuff yeah. and that's not necessarily something that star wars ever really sticks to so <laughs> like the stakes co- like escalate so quickly oh, this, this, in uh the, like they're, they're the clones room for yeah. example yeah or, uh, return uh revenge of the sith yeah but yeah oh there's more stakes to go from there <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh absolutely especially like we we started yours with that all out assault last week yeah um your, your yeah. first, like, oh, your yeah, yeah, opening yeah. No, fight. it was, like, big yeah. exciting battle. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back to Star Wars. Here's a big exciting battle. Yeah. I loved how, like, both of you guys incorporated the campfire. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. you were pretty, like, on the rocks about it, yeah. Bryce. It's, it's funny, because it's, like, those sort of moments in films will happen, but we just went literally. We went for it literally, as in, like, you know, it is literally a campfire scene. You can have campfire scenes in different settings, but yeah. we're like, nah, fuck it. Well, I really like it, and we've never yeah. really seen it done in no, Star Wars. No, you haven't. And I think, really... For these three characters in particular, you need to have something beautiful and binding for them to come together properly. Yep. Uh, and it needs to be that moment where they are they are these three people who come from completely different backgrounds, have completely different understandings of the, the galaxy and how they fit in it. And they're talking to each other for the first time uh, and really getting to know each other. And then also, for mine, what I, what I liked... I, this happened accidentally. Ray and Ben fall asleep together. Mm. And that's the first time they really spend physical time together in proximity, in close proximity. And they instantly kind of like form this force dream connection. And you kind of like, I'm imagining like the shot from the sky, like coming down onto the two of them as they're having this force dream. I can see that oh, in my head. Yeah. And, and it like cuts to like what they're seeing and they're kind of having like this shared dream. And they, the last thing they see is this bounty hunter coming up close to them that's going to kill them. And they both wake up. Yeah. Kind of like you can visually see them coming closer together because up until this point, they've been in different ships and that kind of stuff. Anyway, that's kind of what I've been playing with for those two anyways. And then meeting Finn and Finn being, I'm not happy with Finn. <laughs> yeah. I'm not happy with what my Finn looks like right now. Yeah, I've got, right. I've got a bunch of notes of things that I don't like uh, for <laughs> mine. So we can jump into the some more stuff. We're going to, oh yeah, we're going to spend the rest of the episode breaking down what we've just been talking about for the past... 40 minutes-ish, I think. How yeah, long have we been going for? Pretty much. 40 minutes. And yeah, we're going to break some of the stuff down, talk about our workshop notes, some of the stuff that we're building up to in Act 2B and then Act 3 for our climaxes, finales and stuff. And 
that'll be what we do next week as well. But yeah. Yep. Mm. Any notes from you guys before I jump into the stuff I've written down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when it comes to like the idea of fun and games, when I think of A New Hope specifically, yeah, and like Star Wars being like space adventure and what makes it feel like an adventure rather than just a um, black and white good guys versus bad guys yeah. thing is when you have like sort of an indirect force come in and be a part of the fun and games. So that's like sort of why I doubled back on like this environmental element that Mellow had incorporated. Like even though that the main crew in A New Hope are in the Death Star or in like the main base of the villains, the trash compactor that the trash compactor still feels like an environmental thing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't feel like the evil side acting. actively trying to get for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like that um, environmental element. I think it makes it feel like an adventure rather than just like good guys always versing bad guys. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that's something like I'd love to see yeah. in the fun and games incorporated somehow. Yeah. I have been thinking more on it. The more we've been talking about it, I'm almost certain the midpoint of Star Wars, A New Hope, is the Death Star firing. Right. Because up until that point, what we've got is them in Mos Eisley. They're meeting Han Solo and Chewbacca. They are getting their ticket to get off of Tatooine, basically. Like, we've had our first act. We've had our setup and our turning point yeah. and stuff. Yeah. The break into Act 1 is the is Luke and Ben Kenobi standing on the edge looking at the, what's the fucking hub of Scum and Villainy? Hive. Mos Eisley. The Hive of Scum and Villainy. And, yeah, so that's that's the break into Act 2. And they meet Han and Chewie, and then they have this, like, mini adventure in the streets getting oh, chased by yeah. um, this spy, the and the, spy and the stormtroopers. Then they get up into space, and Ben teaches him some of the force and, like, some mm. of the, some of the mm. philosophy and gives him the lightsaber and stuff. That's the fun and games. True, true, In true, terms true. of the structure... You have fun and games all throughout the movie. The trash compactor is really, it's fun and games. It's, it's, it's tense. The walls are closing in, not necessarily the stormtroopers, but the enemies are still in a sense closing in mm. and the stakes are getting higher and higher as they get towards the scene with Ben Kenobi dying. And, and that's the dark night of the soul after that. But I'm convinced right now, I could be wrong. <laughs> I'm convinced it's the, because that's the false defeat. Yeah. Cause they get there. Ben has this whole moment where he's like, oh my God, I'm so, um, like I can feel the, oh, after the voice is reaching out yeah, and right. going silent. And then they get there and they see the destruction of Alderaan, where the planet used to be. Mm. That's that's the false defeat, I think. That's that's the midpoint. Yeah, I'm gonna plant my flag in the ground. Anyway, uh, that's my little structure rant. I think about this. I've been thinking about structure of <laughs> so much. I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just video essays on video essays. Yeah, I don't read though. I don't know how to read. Compared uh, yeah. to Mellow's treatment, yeah. Do you also see Ben in that fight going kind of like Spartan rage? I, I up until this point, I've seen him as reckless. And right. doing and making the wrong decision. My thing on Ben's Spartan Rage, and I had this realization in the past week. Uh, Spartan Rage, I just said that, like, not even thinking about it. Yeah. Fucking God of War. <laughs> uh, my perspective on Ben, I don't see him as had ever having faced enough adversity to really have that deep rage within him. Yep. You know, I don't think he's really suffered a whole lot in his life. I don't think he's lost a lot. I want to change that in this movie. <laughs> I want to put him through the ringer and, and force him to suffer so that we can see that rage in the next film. I think with Anakin Skywalker, he is raised as a slave and then he's separated from his mom and he's made to train and he's, he is trained by a bunch of people who don't respect or love him. <laughs> that is a lot. That is a huge deal of suffering. And when he gets to Darth Vader, um, especially after watching Clone Wars, you really fucking believe it. Mm. With Ben, I couldn't believe him being evil in the first movie or having that kind of that inner rage out of nowhere you know yeah right that's my that's my perspective on it anyway that's kind of what i've been thinking about the part for the past week for ben yeah so he gets them in trouble because he's reckless in yeah. in that first fight and he as a destroys the ship as a sort of jump over then from your perspective mellow what's fueling that that rage that anger i think so like i want to make it clear though that, that like i think that the ensuing scenes after that fight yeah wouldn't we would probably more condemn that action well would like to condemn that action of, yeah. of him you know going in killing all those troopers yeah uh, and his thing is more it's just like it's it, this sounds very stupid and simple but it's just enemy mm. isn't it you know yeah like, right. they've got guns they're firing at me yeah nope see you later <laughs> yeah. I, i've got yeah. a lightsaber <laughs> and this is what the this is what the stories say that the heroes do yeah and th i think that that's interesting because fight the enemies yeah. yeah and here we are for the very first time never no thought was ever given in the original trilogy to luke or Leia yeah. or Han ever doing it was that. So it was much just easier. It's just a given. The, That's not the, the Death Star explodes in the same way a firework does. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and everyone it's, in the theater claps and cheers. It's joyous. Know? A million people have just died. And a million people just died. But Luke you don't really is a think about that. mass fucking murderer. Yeah. And 
I know. I think that's fair. That's like, and the last person you see die is Grand Moff Tarkin, yeah. who is <laughs> so evil. Yeah. That you're like, yeah, he fucking yeah, died, yeah. and you feel really good about it. Yeah, but thus is the evolution of of the world and of storytelling. Yeah, uh, you know, villains are not black and white. Yeah, it's it's you know it's his heroics, uh, however misguided they are. Yeah, yeah, and that's gonna that'll come full circle later in my journey. Yeah. No, I think we're definitely on the same page where it's like Ben is approaching this from a place of I want to be a hero. I'm mm. gonna go do the heroic thing. Yeah, I think you and I are just coming out from different yeah, directions yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. of that same kind yeah. of drive. Yeah, I know you're you've got like a topic of stuff, but like maybe just to like smoothly segue into it, just on the case of Finn because we both have two very different Finns here. Yeah, I really yeah. want to talk oh, about yeah. Finn stuff. Okay. And I know you're not maybe the keenest on how you're approaching Finn at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind how you're approaching Finn. Mm. My only, like, quandary is the, um, is his circumstance of how he's kept alive. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I... do you, th- hold on, do you guys think that they should just kill him? So, like, so the fight is over, this guy's not armed kill him it's just it's such a strange distinction to make when ben has been shown in this scene i'm gone full rage i'm killing all these guys yeah and then there's one guy that they don't kill that feels like a plot armor decision where it's like instead of you know killing them all i kill everyone except this one guy for seemingly no reason and it's just like oh well we can't kill them all that's just like it it feels like maybe there needs to be some more plot reason for oh this one's got to stay alive. you could make it like a pushback moment for ray like yeah it's the one that's that ray is fighting Ben's just killed all all these guys. Yeah, comes over to kill him, and Ray's like, "Stop! What Stop! Are you doing? Like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, no, that's really cool. I like that. Cool. So my fucking Finn stuff. So as we know, my, my it's probably like the most complicated, annoying thing about mine right, right now is that Finn's motivation as a character is he was a part of the First Order. And he grew to be like, you know what? I don't believe in Phasma's vision. And he reaches out to Han Solo and feeds Han Solo information mm. about the, the First Order. Yep. Phasma discovers this and feeds false information to Finn to lure Han Solo into a trap. And then ultimately win and fire the Kyber laser without being stopped. And this false information was the like creation of a second base. Yeah, so she created two. One was a decoy. Yeah. And Finn manages to get out of the situation and hide out where he grew up, which is where I've put this farm planet. So he grew up on this kind of like new empire farm where they like grow crops oh, and stuff. Oh, shoot. That's cool. Yeah, yeah okay. so that's where he's grown up and that's why he's gone there because it's the first place he could get to. I was how wondering... he got there and why he's stuck there, I have no idea. I was wondering why they sided with him, why the farmers would side with him. Yeah. Um, Sorry, that, yeah, that makes that, a lot more I sense. kept my beats very short, and that's that's why. Yeah, that's yeah. why he's there with the farmers because they're new empire farmers. Yeah, okay, right. And they're growing crops for the new empire and stuff. And I, it's tr- it's tricky because what I want to show with Finn is like here is what I believe in. There is a goodness here. Like these are people. These are real people. They are just misguided people. They've been shown that that fascism works and it will keep you safe. But obviously, the truth of that is 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 not not the truth but that's what he believes and he i want to i want to show it make it believable but it's just this farm planet sucks i (laughs) I don't like it yeah no i think where i struggle is like i i can i'm so for the message of like yeah these people are misguided and like showing them the way but the i think my problem stems the fact that like he's already like sort of broken free it feels like finn from like the that imperial sort of mindset the I think the thing is though, and like the new empire in my head, and this is something I've literally in the past week come up with, is this idea of the new empire. It's a bad name, by the way. If we're calling it the new republic, yeah. <laughs> and then also the new republic, it's a bad name. I'm not sticking with it. But the new empire, the whole thing is like you know, Palpatine and the the empire brought stability and structure and justice to the whole galaxy, and they did it for 20 years, and it was taken down by a bunch of terrorists. Mm. That's their perspective. Mm. They want to bring it back. They want to bring order, structure, and law. To the galaxy and bring peace to a what they see as a very tumultuous galaxy at this point even though it's not really necessarily true but they see the new republic as failing as a government system because it's not them <laughs> by the end of this movie in like in your treatment do you sort of see the new empire becoming one with the first order uh sort of yes because yeah. that's part of phasma's plan she her plan in this movie is to first blow up the head of the crime empire yeah. then second blow up the head of the the new empire and take out any opposition she has in either of those sectors. Oh, okay, right. So that everyone else who's left has no choice but to join her. Yeah, right. The last target is Ray's home, which is the uh, which is a very neutral scavenger. The base, like the outpost. ring. Yeah, like the yeah. The, the, the ring. Because the whole point of that, and everyone knows it. This is neutral ground. You don't come here and fight. You come here to to get bounties and stuff. It's a little bit lawless. But it's outside of the crime factions. We've created the safe haven of neutrality. And she says, no, you're either with me or you're against me. And that's why I'm targeting you. Right. And that's the third target. And then Ray has to decide to fight for something. She has to be like, am I going to be neutral and allow myself to and, and think that I'm going to have no consequences for that? 
mm. or am I going to choose my own path? And that's her whole story. So the whole time when Ben is deciding for her who they're going to fight, she's slowly getting more and more mad about this whole thing. She's like, no, I don't want to make decisions. You know, I don't want the consequences of that. So yeah, that's that's where Phasma is. It's just a little bit complicated for me. And I'm not, yeah, right. I'm not liking where Finn fits into that piece of it because he believes in the new empire. He believes that the new republic is failing and that they're bad. He's been told that his whole life. He joined the First Order. I'm thinking maybe now as a spy <laughs> to try and bring them down from the inside. Right, right. Um, but because of that belief. Um, but yeah, again, still lost on Finn and I'm keen to workshop it um with all of that yeah well it feels like there's two paths really like you can take like that super red pill um perspective of like he's super hard into the empire and then like if he joins as a spy i mean like you kind of like lose that entire message but you do get to then play a bit more around naturally with finn and ben's relationship yeah i feel like because like a, a problem that i've been thinking about quite a few times in the past is the idea of uh, Finn being so red pilled and then getting in conversation with Ben, which eventually is going to have a full arc. So it kind of feels like they're like crossing each other, but yeah, um, in a in a way that doesn't quite feel natural because you'd feel like one of them would agree with each other yeah. by that point. But yeah, I mean, like him being a spy, like how do you imagine that? Just like playing with that hypothetical. He really believes in the new empire, and he doesn't believe in Phasma's vision of destruction. Gotcha. Phasma wants to bring destruction to the galaxy, and he finds that out, and he's like, "No, I got to take this down from the inside," you know, like. Or something along those lines. And that's why he wants to get out. That's why he wants to stop Phasma. Even though he still believes in the new Empire. Because he believes that the Empire is fundamentally good and just. Mm. And that's kind of... That's what his motivation is for me right now. And again, I'm just not the biggest fan of it. Mello, what do you got? Mm. Uh, my Finn's a bit more akin to how Finn always was, I think. But yeah. it's just like, this is... The, the story that we were always wanting to tell... Uh, what we'd been speaking about was telling his uh, fall in this film. You know, yeah. telling, you know, his sort of, like, disillusionment with the First Order yeah. uh, mm. starts mm. now. Okay. Uh, you know, we're not coming into the movie and being like, he's already disillusioned, he already wants out. So my one is a bit more, and it might feel a bit like flip-flopping motivations given so many different factors, but it's it's just about finding his footing a bit more. Yeah. So where we, where we do come in with him in, in this version is, like, in no way disillusioned at all. He's just a soldier, but mm. now he's he's going off away from the First Order for the first time. Being offered up this, these new perspectives, uh, you know, he's spending time with a Jedi who he'd been told are, you know, evil, uh, and just with, you know, with a random person who it's like, oh, hi, potential friend, I guess. You know, you didn't kill me. You spared my life. That's nice. Help me fight these, these monsters. But then something to do with the Force. Wow, okay. Ugh. Don't know about this. So yeah. he'd, it'd lead to a, a further betrayal. But then, you know, this these conversations, this experience is stuck in his mind a bit more. And I think it would encourage him to dig a little deeper into the first order when once he's back with them find yeah. out a little bit more and in doing so he's going to discover that things are not what they seem yeah i think him playing with that internal like conflict is very interesting and i think it's it's fun to have it's very akin to han in a new hope but it's not yeah. like copy and paste you know there's no, different motivations no, yeah. there entirely yeah he's coming from um, a different place and i think just his and my end goal for him for this film is not finding the cause, not immediately taking out whatever cause the heroes are with. It's just, it's rejecting the world that he's a part of. Yeah. It's like, that is, I'm happy to have that be, that's a successful arc. That's him. exactly where I'm at as well, where it's, mm. he's not believing in the new Republic. He's turning against yep. his, you know, his upbringing. Yeah. Uh, Cause then I'll make that, that's, that's episode eight is exactly giving yeah. a shit a bit more about why, why, why this cause? What, you know, yeah. if I'm going to get involved in something, I've just spent my whole life being conditioned to a cause that was wrong. Why should I immediately jump into a different cause? Exactly. And a different system of beliefs? Yeah, yeah. he'd be scared mm. of that. It's a Absolutely. brave choice. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking that way with Ray as well, mm. where it's like they both kind of end this movie in a similar place where it's like I've turned against what I believed in in this movie, but I don't know. I don't necessarily have something to like hold on to next. My one is more Ray uh, trusting that ability within herself that she's so afraid of, that she's oppressing. Uh, or yeah. suppressing rather beginning to see the Jedi or just the force as an avenue like in terms of Finn you guys are pretty unified on an end goal yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, um, I had to get there yeah, yeah I think I'm if if I go back and rewrite this whole thing Finn will be like the key thing of like how do I move this bastard around in, it's, in the puzzle you know yeah it's definitely like a struggle to work around especially when you consider the fact that he is a side character yeah like he's a part of the trio sure but he is like Han Solo it's a it's a very passive kind of arc yeah. rather than like something you focus on more like with Ben or Ray. Got a question though? So, Act 2A, this yeah. should be our first inkling of the movements of the enemy as well. So the, yeah. the pinch point happens usually halfway through Act 2A. I My thing for, the, for Phasma's involvement is through bounty hunters and assassins. So yeah. she's moving, she's acting through like second and third parties to influence the rest of the story, which is sort of similar to what Darth Vader 
does in, you know, A New Hope and stuff. Yeah. And also, I guess, um, in Empire Strikes Back. Yep. I see your structure and I reject your structure. <laughs> so your guys Because I've already established it. <laughs> yeah. Your yeah. guys have just found a kyber mine. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I wonder whose kyber mine it is. I wonder. I, am, I wonder. I do wonder whose kyber mine it is. Also, what's um? Do you want to know? What's Leia yes. and Luke doing? Exactly. They're not in Act Two A at all. Nah. All right. Well, they, we had that scene where they said, "Okay, we're going to go after Ben." Yeah. Oh I've, right. Yeah. I found a really a way that I'm pretty happy with. Just don't put them in. Where it's, they're not in the film <laughs> because it's just not relevant. Yeah. We saw them at the start of the film. We'll see them at the end of the film. The Lawrence Kasdan strategy. Yeah. Ah oh, yes. <laughs> but the second act is not for them. That's gold. Yeah. Yeah, because no, there's no, fair. there's no. I'm not going to shoehorn them in. Yeah, it's just, no. not, it's just not relevant. Yeah, we're not, sure. we're not following them. Well, that's yeah. that's why I did the dinner scene with the guys because it's very low stakes. Yeah. There's not a lot happening. Yeah. There's an assassination attempt, but it's in the presence of Luke Skywalker. No one's getting hurt. Like, there's no chance. I thought I of... think you can make it feel tense, but there's not. Actually yeah, too many. Stakes I want it to be it. fun more than tense. Is my oh okay right. Yeah. I thought of scenes that we could cut back to with uh, Leia and Hux, but I'm like. No, this would get deleted. This scene would, like, whether or not they filmed this, yeah, right. like, you know, grand scheme of things, this scene would be cut from the cutting room floor because mm. it just is slow and mm. fucks up the pacing of the film. So I'm yeah. just like, I'm just not going to write it in. It is a bit weird making a treatment because, like, as, like, you guys know, the film is made three times. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 And, <laughs> yeah. It, like, we're kind of just, like, getting those three times, the writing, the production, the editing, and putting it all into, like, one thing that we think is, like, a cohesive movie. Man, we haven't yeah. even written this one yet. One treatment We've... that's a cohesive movie. Yeah, Sandra, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with Mello. I yeah. disagree with you. We're so far even before the writing right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, yeah, no yeah, but yeah. We, can, we can think. We can think yeah. forward to these things. Yeah, yeah. But like, um, which is what I've done here. With that but... being said, then, if, if you are so far before even the writing, don't yeah. be afraid to chuck those scenes in. Oh, yeah. I could, if you no, think it, it's going to get cut, it I could put it in, but it would have it would it would provide nothing. Yeah, right. For sure. putting putting Leia and like I've I've had that scene where they're like we're going to go find Ben. Putting going back to the politics, which we already established this conflict there again. We'll, we'll, we'll see it again in Act Three mm. and in in the resolution, but it doesn't matter to me mm. at this stage. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But no, I like the the dinner scene because um with the in, with the assassin who was mm. sent by Phasma. So Phasma's having a direct negative impact on the plot. What that does is like, oh, maybe they were going to commit Hux. Maybe they were going to get him on on the side. The second he gets like an assassination attempt and everyone's like, that was straight up from Phasma who has just done the first laser strike. Hux is like, no chance. She's trying to kill me because I'm the leading proponent of this whole kind of laser initiative thing. I've never been more resolute about this. And that's not something Phasma thought about. I don't want her to be 10 steps ahead like Palpatine. No. I want her to be like, if I kill Hux... There will be no leader of this yeah. movement. She's and, just and motivated will, her enemy. Exactly. And yeah. Leia will win. Not thinking the fact that maybe she would martyr Hux and make him like a symbol of this movement, which could have happened as well. She's yeah. like, I don't care. I'll just kill the next leader. Yeah. You know, that, that, would be, that would be her mentality. Right. That's okay. why I'm coming out with Phasma anyway. That's why she sent the assassin. You can throw a leader at me and I'll kill that one. And I'll kill the next leader yeah. and the next leader. And the next one. The next one. Yeah. That's kind of, that's what I've got in my mind for Phasma as a villain. Um, as like a... So I, I really wanted to just be like this psycho who's just murdering people, you know, and like destroying like entire yeah. cities and stuff. And also we make a villain without humanizing them. Let's just make them just a <laughs> murderer. Mass murderer. Just, yeah. You know what? That's a good point, Mello. I forgot about the wanting to humanize the villains thing. <laughs> I forgot about that entirely. No, like, there's always, you know, we can do the Star Wars thing. There's always the villain who you just got to be like, yeah. Ah, they're evil, you know. Well, the villain I want to humanize is Hux and Ben. Yeah, because Ben, fine. I want to be like a, a key villain in the next movie. There's not room for everyone. You've got to have a general grievous. At some Sometimes point. you got to have a general grievous yeah. who is just comically yeah. evil, it's and you've got to kill him. Act three, we'll find out Phasma's motivation in my treatment. Hey, yeah. very interesting. There is more to the picture. Very fun. That's a very good tease for next time. Yeah, because awesome. I think we're almost there at end, the end of the end show. Of, end of the episode. Yeah, I feel like we've got time for like one more thing. What have we got to talk about? We've talked about Leia and Luke. And what they're doing. Talked about Finn. Talked about Finn. We didn't actually talk about what you're farming on your planet. I'm curious. We could delve into this. Dude, it's literally like wheat. Farm. Wheat. Wheat. Farm planet. That being said, I I defend the idea of the farm planet Oh, yeah. Farm planet's cool. I don't know if we've really seen like a farm planet outside of uh, the Mandalorian. No. Farm the shrimp Uh, or whatever the fuck that is. The blue shrimp. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of Mandalorian and like some Clone Wars stuff. Yeah. Not really. No. Yeah. Speaking of the blue shrimp, because the Mandalorian features a lot of blue food. I think... And so does Andor. Just slow down a sec, Star Wars. Okay. Green. Food, food doesn't always have to be a single color. Just because... <laughs> Very often. Few, it is more than one color. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Just because the milk in the first Star Wars oh, was so blue, 
doesn't mean it always. I has think it's just more of like a running joke at this point. It, it like kind of does Wars feel like a joke. It's yeah. blue. Yeah. You know? um, like they it's all blue. just had though. Like when they had the macaroons, I was oh, I was it's, so it's funny. Ridiculous. Like, okay. But that being said, blue wheat. <gasps> blue bread. That's why it's blue. <laughs> oh my god! It's That's not really a diet. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, they they grow blue wheat on yeah. Finn's planet where he That'd lives. That'd be like blue really corn. pretty to look at as well. It would be pretty. You look at it and it's like, is that an ocean? Wait, the <gasps> way it's moving. Oh, wow. It's wheat. Blue it's a wheat. blue wheat field. Blue wheat in a pink sky. You know, it's a really like vibrant technicolor. Love it. There's no way this atmosphere is breathable. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you don't need to think about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's always a breathable Sorry, atmosphere. We're yeah, doing yeah. Star Wars here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this isn't Star Trek. Maybe there's a like a like a blue wheat raptor in the fields, and that's the monster they go. That's oh. the space monster they got to fight. Wait, it's Ooh. blue. Yeah. The raptor from Jurassic World. Oh yeah, yeah. it's called blue. That's yeah. right. Wow. Wow, we really are good Hollywood writers. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? One of us should have. Now this could be cool, or you could the opportunity to introduce a new villain. Because I could have that cat monster thing from Attack of the Clones. Yeah. It could be. This is the planet that that's from. Oh. Uh, yeah. 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 That'd be fun. Like or throwback the, animals. Yeah. Or the rhino. Or you could just do a new animal. That could sick. be interesting. I always pictured those were like local creatures, like Geonosian creatures, for whatever reason. I don't okay. know. Because like the crab one in particular with like the, the pincers, the that, that screamed very much like this can live on a rocky planet. Well, sure. Well, and when you consider the fact that Geonosis is just a bug planet. Yeah. The mantis, to me, definitely makes sense. The other two, like, I feel like we're like from brought in. Yeah, yeah it's fair. Mm. Very Have we um... ever spoken about Gundarks on this show? What the fuck is a Gundark? They're in season two of Clone Season two, I think, of Clone Wars. They are... Uh, it's funny because Gundarks are referred to in Empire Strikes Back yeah. and then in Clone Wars, they're like, this is what that is. And it's this like red ape with four arms, really aggressive face. Oh, nice. Yeah. Actually, I think there might be one in... I could be wrong. No, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Okay, well, that's enough about Gundarks yep. <laughs> and Geonosian creatures. Um, we've also talked more than enough about Act 2A of our version of Fixing the Sequel Trilogy. But I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. This has been Fixing the Sequel Trilogy. We're here every week right now talking about writing, rewriting our version of The Force Awakens, which I don't, you know, talking about The Force Awakens, I don't have the title for mine at all. Oh, mine's still Force Awakens. It works. I feel like I'm going to have to go back and and, and change it. That's a problem for another episode of this show, potentially next week when we cover Act 2B of our version of The Force Awakens. Till then, you can catch us on social media like Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, all those good places where you can find the show and support the show online. Give us five stars. Give us a like and subscribe, all the good stuff. But until next time, may the force be with you.